Greetings, church. A gracious welcome to you on this Wednesday as we gather around the Word of God. Again, our texts that come to us for this following Sunday. Uh, And so for the fourth Sunday in Lent, uh, today is the day that we look at the psalm. And our psalm, uh, as appointed for us in the three-year lectionary, is Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3 and 17 through 22. Let us calm our hearts before we begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the power of the foe and has gathered them from the lands, from the east and west, from the north and south. Fools suffered affliction because of their rebellious ways and their iniquities. They loathed all the food and came near the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them from their distress. He sent his word and healed them. He rescued them from the pit. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and announce his works with shouts of joy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is one of those wonderful uh, psalms that is a thanksgiving psalm. It's a psalm that, that recounts what God has done for, for his people. And so before the, before the final section of the psalm, we have uh, the recounting of, uh, of people wandering in the desert, speaking of, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And then we have them going down to Egypt. And then we have them rebelling and almost dying, which is part of our numbers text, isn't it? And then so on and so forth, uh, all the way down. Uh, until we continue to hear of this faithful love of God. And so we have the story in Numbers that we had yesterday. There's this picture of people not trusting God even though his love is faithful, even though that's the description of who he is. Our our psalm begins, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. His faithful decision about us, the fact that he loves us, regardless of the fact that nine times out of ten, we are not very lovable, are we? We we think we are, but that's not why God loves us. God loves us because we are sinners, and he loves sinners. That's his nature. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the power of the foe. to to proclaim what it is that God has continuously done for us and has gathered them from the lands, from east and west and north and south. This image of the end of days, that God is going to be bringing in people from all over the world through his work in Jesus. And it may include some people that we don't really like. And yet that's the way God's love works. God loves the people that we don't think we can. And then he loves the people that didn't love him very much either. It says, fools suffered affliction because of their rebellious ways and their iniquities. Talking about the people in numbers. Talking about us. How often it is that we get ourselves in trouble. and We need someone to come and, and pull us out, right? How often does that happen? It's probably not happened to some of you anymore because you're older. You, you kind of gotten stuff figured out. But, but how often it is that we find ourselves in a place in, in which we do a whole bunch of work 
to try and benefit ourselves and then we get ourselves into trouble and we have to have someone come and bail us out to get us out of trouble, to, to pull our feet out of the fire. And here we have God doing that. God being the one that we've offended and God being the one to make it right. What a weird place for us to be. That we are the ones who offended God and he's the one who steps in to make it right. Talks about them loathing the food and being near the gates of death. And they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. Crying out to the Lord because of all that they have done and God steps in and cares for them. He sent his word and healed them. This can be taken in so many different ways, church. We, we can talk about how it is that God promises something and it comes about that he said his, his word is not going to return to him void, that it's going to do what it says. So just like he creates the world by a word, he says, let there be light and there's light and it's good because he says it's good. Uh, so now we have God doing this, performing this other word where he makes a promise. Or if we want to deal with our numbers text from yesterday, he says, look at the serpent, the bronze serpent, on the pole, and you will be healed. The promise being that I'm going to make this thing that's going to remind you of your sin. You're going to look at it, and you're going to be healed. You're going to be saved. And his word does, it, does its work. It, it heals them. He makes a promise. He attaches a promise to something, and it does what it says. That, that's where we get our sacrament theology as Lutherans. It's not that the water in baptism is somehow holy or special. I normally get it out of the tap, in, in the sacristy or in the kitchen, depending on which church I'm in. And yet, and yet, God attaches a word to that water, saying that by this water, salvation comes. But not through the water, but through the promise that is in that water. That is what our Lutheran faith tells us. Or that, that the body of Christ is that bread and the blood of Christ is that wine. And yet we look at it and all we see is bread and wine. And yet we're told it's bread and wine. We don't question it. We, we, we hear then that the bread is his flesh and the cup is his blood. And we say, okay, bread, body, wine, cup, blood, flesh and blood for me, broken, poured out. We trust that promise. So here too, he sent his word and it healed them and he rescued them from the pit, the pit being the pit of death, Sheol, hell, whatever word we want to use, Hades. And then we're told to give thanks because of his wondrous works. Church, I pray that would be the case for you today, that you would be giving thanks for what it is that God has done for you and not because Maybe he's done any sort of great miracle in you, but that he's given you a promise that your sins are forgiven, that your past is wiped away and your future is freedom in Christ. Not that you might do anything and everything that it is that you want to do for yourself, but that you might be freed in Christ to be his, to be loved by him and to love others and to love God even more than you did before. Let us pray. O oh God, rich in mercy, by the humiliation of your Son, you lifted up this fallen world and rescued us from the hopelessness of death. 
Lead us into your light, that all our deeds may reflect your love through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. God's blessings be with you, church. Go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow.